0: Welcome to The Vine Time with Melanie Bolduc. Today's guest is my very dear friend, Eli for the former owner of Urban Farm Fermentary, who was a guest on our video show, Vine Time TV. He was the original guest. How's it going?
1: Oh, uh, it's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. Um, Yeah, you know, just uh, enjoying the hot and sticky of the main summer
0: right now. Yeah, well, I just got back from... Sicily, where it was 100 degrees in the shade. So this is, I got here and oh, I'm yeah. like, woo, it's cool. It's nice here. Nice. So what have you been doing these days? Because you're 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 um, on your transitioning out of urban farm?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll always be the founder, but I'm working yeah. to, uh, you know, sell it to a, a different group of folks to kind of hopefully take it to the next level, which is to uh, essentially, I mean, the UFF was designed to replicate itself in right. any location in the world right, right, and sort of right. capture the essence of yeah. seasonal flavors, uh, through fermentation. And yeah, so, so two steps back it's um,
0: fermentation, urban farm fermentary and it's yeah, fermentation. Yeah. And
1: you guys. Yeah. So it's all about mead. fermentation, locally okay. sourced for, uh, fermentables. So cider, okay. um, mead with honey wines, grains for beer, uh, you know, things of that nature. And then using that base foundation to then layer on top of it, other plants that, you know, in my worldview had medicinal value. They have to taste sure. good, but like it would. It, ideally, they would have some sort of known medicinal value, um, because I really do believe that, uh, you know, originally fermented beverages were always a good oh, time, but they were like, of course. you know, medicines and potions and things to try and cure ailments. And so yeah. I, I wanted to hold on to that tradition, and uh, and then, you know, tie it to my growing up in northern Maine as a Right. Relatively, um, you know, modest family. We we really didn't have any money, and so we would pick a lot of uh, you know berries in the berry seasons. We right. picked hazelnuts, we picked fiddleheads, we picked all these things yeah. on top of hunting and fishing to sure, sure. literally sustain ourselves. You know, um, and so you know just doing that and, and enjoying being in the woods and uh, gathering, you know, whatever's out there. Right. Uh, it has always been sort of a passion of mine. And yeah. and uh,
0: and you were doing a lot of foraging and, and it, then, too, right? Even with UFF, you were doing a lot of foraging for different, like and during different seasons, like for lilac season or whatnot. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the foundation of it. So, you know, again, it was fermentation, but then in the spring we would start picking spruce tips and uh, li- uh, dandelions and lilacs and things like mm-hmm. that. And it progressed through the season, generally through flowers first, because mm-hmm. you need a flower to make fruit and then fruits after that and nuts and what have you um, or mushrooms or whatever whatever we would find out there you know like uh, and so we would layer layer them up uh, in these beverages and so that was the foundation of it. Right, and, and I, you know, I have been the do. primary forager this entire time, yeah. <laughs> um, by design, I really love <laughs> to be uh, out in the woods more than in the office, right. and so uh, or in the production facility. And so, um, you know, you do what you have to do, but uh, that—that's my preference: is to be right. out there, gathering whatever's popping up, and then going for a nice swim in the river and rinsing off, and just enjoying um, the
0: wildness. Absolutely. It's wonderful. And then you were using different honeys throughout the course of the year, too, for the mead. Isn't that correct? Yeah, the mead. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's an
1: interesting thing about honey, right? It's really derived from flower nectar Mm -hmm. and bees are really interesting creatures in that they, as a group, um, are looking for the most abundant nectar source at any given time. Mm -hmm. And so they communicate really clearly. When enough of them find a good source, they will just um, get the hive excited and they'll all go get it. And so basically that's why um, they're such good pollinators for right. agriculture is that they, you can drop a bunch of hives in a uh, blueberry barren. And they'll just pollinate all of those blueberries to get the nectar right. um, and the and the pollen. Um, you drop it in an apple orchard, they're going to focus on that. And the honeys are going to be uh, reflective, reflective of those yep those uh, fruits or those flowers, you know? And so, so it's really, it's cool. Like, uh, you know, a clover honey is going to be way different than a buckwheat honey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Orange blossom honey is going to be way different than a strawberry blossom honey or a blueberry blossom honey, you know? And so um, you can definitely create very interesting base meads with those uh, honeys. Mm -hmm. And then I guess what I was trying to do was like, how do you take that foundation and then add something to it to accentuate not only the honey quality, but whatever it is you're trying to put in there, right. and so you know it's it's been fun, lots of experimentation, lots there was, of. There was a
0: fermentable uh, that you used too. I forget what it's called, but it was a non. It didn't have alcohol at all. It was zero. Or like oh, zero.
1: June, June. So we make a lot of kombucha, which uh, is not a local uh, f- flavor, but it is fermented and it does have a, a sort of a. a an awareness, or people know it as a medicinal beverage. And so that was primarily the reason kombucha um, is part of the UFF. (laughs) I never really liked the fact that it was cane sugar, and I never really liked the fact that it was tea from some other place, most likely China. Uh, And so, I don't know, maybe five years into it, I happened upon uh, this culture that's very similar to kombucha called Jun, Mm J-U-N. And I believe it's older than kombucha because it's it it has evolved to feed on honey right as opposed to cane sugar and honey was the first fermentable sugar it's you don't have to do anything other than get a beehive and crack it open and, and have honey, right. uh, which is super concentrated sugar. Mm-hmm. And so, this June, um, it's more bacterial than yeast, although it has sure. both, uh, whereas kombucha is a little more bacteria and more yeast than bacteria. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just does something very different. Um, it's a lot drier, it's a it's lot lighter, yeah. it's cleaner, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and so. So I love it, um, and I—that's what I usually drink during the day. You know, I'll just get, pop down to the shop. I'll, I'll go down to the building or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, and and have some June. Say hi to whoever's there, and then you know, go go along my way. I still own the building that the UFF is in, so I, I am down there quite a bit. Well, that's um, good. So yeah, so well, it's, it's good, your labor
0: love of June. love. So why would you not? Why would you avoid it? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the June's really nice. Um, you know, it. Um, It's just, it's easy to drink in the summer, especially.
0: Sure, sure. It's nice and light. So, uh, UFF is on Anderson Street in Portland, for those who don't know, those who aren't in Portland. Um, And so, when you got, when you started down there, there was nothing there was really nothing oh yeah 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 was like
1: i found the spot in uh 2017 Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's portland's very small uh portland maine it's it's the downtown's like a three mile by a mile and a half wide peninsula it's it's tiny Mm -hmm. um and i was a bike messenger i had the last bike messenger company in town uh did that for a little over 10 years so i was really familiar with everything downtown portland um and had been delivering to that neighborhood for quite some time to the artists and crafts people that were down there Mm -hmm. Was you know, in an, it's an industrial zone.
0: Was it Joe Wojcik it was, uh, that know, owned less the building? Than a mile
1: from the center of town. You know, was it
0: Joe that owned the building?
1: Uh, yeah, this guy Joe Wojcik owned the building yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um You know.
0: We know him from Kind James. of a,
1: a hard, <laughs> a hard, oh, he's <laughs> hard. a guy, guy to deal with. Yeah, but but a great guy. He was. Yeah. I like Joe quite a bit. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I'd been down there for a long. I'd been going down there and delivering, you know, packages for various photographers or artists that were down that way. And uh, in 2017, after beekeeping for and mead making for about five or six years, I decided to open up a winery or a meadery. Right. Um, I'd met this. Uh, I'd started going to conference. I went to this conference in Colorado because I was uh, all excited about it. Nobody was making mead that was, you know, anything more than. You know, sort of a D and D kind of thing, very sweet, very boozy, sure. kind of medieval vibes. Uh, and I really wanted to make something that was more modern. You know, I have a graffiti background; I'm sort of more of a modern artist in a lot of ways, and so mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that was now and different. And from beekeeping, I really loved that foraging component for the bees, and it tied in with my childhood and and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so I, I found that spot in Joe's building. Um, and yeah, in 2017, leased it in 2018, um, and then, um, did that for a couple of years, um, brought some people in partnerships can be difficult. <laughs> yeah. And so I, uh, ended up leaving that and, um, starting UFF. And going yeah. and starting the UFF in the same building actually. Yeah. Um, and so, um, have been there for right. the last 13, almost 14 years now.
0: You did cider too, right? You did. You did. Meet it yeah. First.
1: When I started the UFF, I was a little um, I was I was mentally challenged by the mead situation. Uh, and so I looked around the landscape and was, you know, I could either not get into it again or go for it. And I, I didn't really feel like doing the mead at the at the time. Um, and so I don't make beer. I never really, I never homebrewed beer. Mm. Uh, and nobody was making cider and cider like, um, like mead is uh it's it's there's no brewing involved it's it's you get the juice
0: it's just you know i ran a
1: bunch of experiments
0: right
1: Uh, i I did probably about 30 or 40 trials with different yeast strains Mm -hmm. and different temperatures and i you know because i got the space in february and i and i knew i wanted to use fresh juice and i couldn't use fresh juice until the fall right so i just kept playing and playing and playing with different combinations and the ones that Really, I loved the most. Were wild, they were just naturally fermented, you would just leave it alone. And it also fit the philosophy of the, U, of the UFF, where it was right. like as little human interaction as possible, you know,
0: right. get and the I'm juice,
1: sure, put the juice in a tank, let the wild yeast consume the sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, you have a boozy apple drink, you know, cider. Right. Um, and so yeah, that was what I launched the UFF with, um, and and probably had for the first. Nine, ten months, and then kombucha came online uh, that following year, um, and then I started to like shake off the mead stuff, and and uh, and and decided to start making a little bit of that in house, uh, and we did that for I don't know, probably like four or five years. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it was. And there were some other things that got layered in there. We were hosting an aquaponics program. We had a, a mushroom guy growing yeah. culinary mushrooms. Yeah. Um, you know, because I was self distributing all this stuff. And so I figured the more the merrier, if I could like take some of these other products and bring them to the health food stores I was already going to, right. you know, a sale's a sale as far as I was concerned. Right. Um, and we, you know, I bootstrapped it like crazy. I got two loans of very, very little money from a, you know, from some, from some friends. And so it was, it was literally like, you got to make, make product it happen to sell product. That's to reinvest, it. You got to so make it you happen. You,
0: you sink or swim. Yeah. So, you know?
1: So, um, after about five years of struggling, well, three years of really struggling and two more years of just kind of disorganization, um, uh, my good friend, Jason Dion, uh, this guy, he was the younger brother of a guy I went to high school with up North. And, um, he had just, he was in, Portland, um, you know he was he's half Canadian, so he was living in Canada. But then he decided to come to Portland because he had been making beer in Canada at a couple small breweries, and he wanted to get a job at Allagash. And he applied, um, and he popped in to say hi to me. And I mean, I love this guy. He's like the sweetest, smartest. Just he's such a great, great guy. Yeah. Um, and we were chatting, and I was like, man, I actually just got my beer license. I Set up a brewery, oh, and cool. we're going to focus on gruits, so okay. herb-based beers without hops. Um, I got nobody to do it. I don't make beer. I just got it because I, I know I want to add this to the UFF. And okay. uh, and he said, well, if I don't get the job at Allagash, I'll consider it. And sure enough, he didn't get the job at Allegash, and so he was with me for the next five years, great. and it was great. He means he really liked he made that place pretty amazing.
0: What did he uh, go on to do after that? What's that? What did he end up doing afterwards?
1: Um, he made it through the first year of COVID and then, um, you know, he, he told, he'd been telling me for years. He's like, I really want to, you know, he had just started a small family a couple of years after he moved to Portland. He, um, he just wanted to be back in Canada. You right. know, he didn't really care for the U S and I couldn't blame him. So I, 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 you know, I told him whenever he had to go, he had to go right. and obviously i would be sad to see him go. But we'd, we'd make do. And, uh, yeah, that second year of COVID, he was applying to jobs, and he got hired. Um, oh, no, that's good. Someplace in Halifax, I believe, or Fredericton or something. And so so he uh, stuck around for a few more months, got things transitioned, and then he moved on. Uh, mm-hmm. Thankfully, the beer program was going pretty nicely at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and then I was able to hire um, – well, we went through a couple different people, but we ended up with uh, this woman, Kristen Simmons, who was just a home brewer at the time. But oh my gosh, is she amazing! Like right. she's such a good brewer, and she's she's basically running the plant these days. Um, and uh, man locked out with that That's great sure. you know it's nice to see so,
0: all these really creative amazing people come together too cuz you've really kind of you've done everything there god you had farmers markets we did a we did a holistic fair there or you um what was it called yeah 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 nurture. well the
1: space was big you know like um, yeah. so as you know, so my original company, the, the Meadworks, was in the corner of the building. There were nine garage bays. It was in bay number nine. I had moved into bay number four when I opened up the UFF, mm-hmm. um, and um, and then slowly, probably about year three or four, uh, four between four and five, I took over the other nice. th- four spaces, uh, other three spaces. So bays one through three. Um, and started to spread it out a little bit because it made a lot of sense. You know, mead like mead and cider like a colder temp for fermentation. Kombucha likes it warmer. Beer wants a totally different zone. So I was trying to like spread it out. Um, and um, the, you know, my, my idea with the what is now the tasting room, which is this four thousand square foot garage, was to uh, put a food hub in there. Right, And so I found some tenants, we built it out, leased it to them. Um, I was trying to build a commercial kitchen so that people could rent in right. food trucks and stuff like that. Uh, and then we hosted farmer's markets and just, I mean, the space was really designed for those food uh, vendors, but then also markets. Yeah. Um and all those sorts of things. It was interesting because those markets weren't actually allowed in that zone because it's an industrial zone, and, and right. that's the reason all the breweries are there now. I think right. there's like 17 or so in the neighborhood. That, that's crazy. what I'm saying.
0: Because when you first started, there was nobody there. There was like a that that space where the tasting room was was a taxi place, a garage. Right? Was, that, yeah. it was, it was a taxi, taxi garage. garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there yeah. was nothing no, I, there. I, I, I mean, I, you know, talking to old school Portland people, years. like you know, when you come totally. to Portland now, you don't even recognize it because like 20 years ago there was nothing on that street. And now there's just breweries everywhere but you were one of the first 10 ones.
1: years ago there was nothing on that street right
0: yeah you were the first right I mean was there another by
1: five years yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah which great. is a long
1: time I know. Uh, right? there were no sidewalks nobody oh. wanted to come down there you know we just hosted events and I mean I was there before tasting rooms were, were allowed right Um, and they're not even tasting rooms anymore effectively the 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 senators and and city councilors got together and turned it into the new bar district. So it's really just a bar district. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah,
0: but there's there's but, somebody who does wine down there, and then um, yeah, I know there's, there's a- two wineries. Yeah, Appry's down there as well, and they make cider. Yeah, they're making I'm not cider, seltzer. but they make seltzers. But I got to tell you, you know, you and I made you know oh seltzers. But I walked in there on a Sunday afternoon, and the place was packed. <laughs> Oh yeah, so it's like like a total different generational thing, I think. But uh, yeah, I know. it's yeah, yeah, a yeah, Huge yeah. category. Uh, yeah, and you know they all have a couple of food trucks out there, so it's really kind of great because you kind of were the initiator of all this magic that kind of started on Anderson Street, which is really wonderful. So yeah, what, yeah, no. What is, what is next for you? What are you? What are you? What are you thinking about? You traveling um, or?
1: Uh, yeah, I've been traveling a little bit, a lot of time with my son.
0: Yep, you're spending time with Arlo. Which is great. Yeah. yeah, great.
1: yeah. Uh, Arlo turns 13 next month.
0: Wow. That's so funny how fast they grow.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, uh, actually, it's, it's, it's kind of a time stamp because I found out Arlo was being born when the Meadworks was ending for me. Oh, right. And then, like, was opening up the UFF, yeah. you know, <laughs> huh? um, or, like, getting it started. So, yeah, he's huh. been, he's been, that's been a whole huge part of his life.
0: Sure. Sure. That's good though. Uh
1: um, I do a lot but, of that. and my mom lives out in the country about a half an hour, so I, I'm out visiting her quite a bit. And, where uh, does she live? Oh, uh, she lives in Standish.
0: Yeah, nice. And yeah, far. Really. Yeah. Just up the road. Up there, so. yep, yeah, it's nice up there on the other side of the lake. Well that's yeah, good. Exactly. you know, I mean, you know, I just think these are these are interesting times, you know. It's like I, you know, I, part of me is like, oh, I want to get a job doing this, and then I, I, I end up just finding myself doing the things that I love to do. So I keep always gravitating to those things, and so yeah, right, nice. yeah, that kind
1: of yeah, yeah. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do next. Um, I was lucky enough to be in a position about uh, six or so years ago. UFF was doing. Uh, Pretty well, and uh, a couple of friends and I were able to pull things together to buy the building the UFFS in. So, you know, at some point, it's a you know, it's a old transfer warehouse from the fifties. It's kind of a heap. So, I'd like to squash that and um, put something up that yeah, for sure would be good.
0: Well, that's good. You know, you know, time will tell. And so, I ask all of my guests this: What do you love?
1: Um. I mean, I love nature more than just about anything I'd say, right. you know, we are right. of it and it is, um, you know, provided we take care of it, uh, right. a really wonderful resource and, um, place to relax and enjoy ourselves and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I love going to the rivers. It's one of the things I love the most about foraging is you're out in the bush, you're picking from plants and then you're, right. you know, you know, you're out there just enjoying it. So.
0: I was on the side of Mount Atena with that winemaker that I was telling you about Divi, uh, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday. And he was giving us a tour of his vineyard. And he, I said, you know, and he's like, he's got like rosemary growing in the middle of the road. And he's like, picked up a bunch of fennel in his hand. He's like, look, smell this, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like yeah. there's just stuff growing wild everywhere. It was like fennel over here, rosemary over there. There was the stuff that you used to make, um, absinthe, whatever that okay. herb is. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, then he was picking, um, Apricots from the tree and feeding them to us, and what he basically said was, uh, you can tell the how good a vineyard is by by the fruit that's that's grown there, not necessarily always grapes, but you know the other fruit that's grown there. And so, but it was just nothing organized; everything was just everywhere, and it was beautiful. And so, um, so anyhow, uh, lastly, I ask everybody to to come up with a song. So, what is your song?
1: Um. You know, you mentioned this before we started talking, and I—I I, 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 I feel like I'm spacing anything right now. But uh, um,
0: favorite? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm like totally spacing it now. I feel like I'm on the spot. Um, I am gonna
0: say "Stairway to Heaven." Oh, that's a great song. God, that reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we ever listened to. It is a good one. Yeah. Mr. Well, here is your song. And one more thing. How do two people find you? I like you uh, are on Instagram.
1: Uh, no. Um, no. Yeah, I don't really have any way for, for people to find me.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's okay. No worries, but it, people can find you FF at Fermentory.com, right?
1: Yeah. F-E-R-M-E-N-T-O-R-Y.com. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I, have uh email connection there. If somebody wanted to try and find me, they could find me through there. I'm sure somebody yeah. would let me know.
0: Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Okay. Awesome. So here's your song and have a great day.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: You got it.